Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, equipping us to grow into a deeper walk with Christ. Part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Some of the Hasidim consider it their duty to be responsible for every other Jew. But in their mind, helping all other Jews also helps them be a better Jew. So it's about looking after others and considering others first. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. a lot of different facets of religious Judaism over the past little while, but invariably many non-Jews find the different dress codes and hairstyles confusing and ask why those differences are so prevalent in Judaism today. We're going to look at the different denominations in modern Judaism to get a brief understanding of religious life, not only within Jewish communities around the world, but the differences in Jewish life in Israel. In this program, we're going to be looking at Hasidic Judaism. Yeah, and it's a really fascinating community, lovely community, actually. I've, I've met and know a number of Hasidic Jews, and they are absolutely the loveliest people. But as you said, just like in Christendom, uh, Judaism has got a lot of different uh, denominations. And a, most of the questions that we get asked when we're traveling overseas is people say, why do religious Jews wear funny hats <laughs> and coats? Or why do they wear the tassels on their clothes, mm-hmm. the little skull caps, the kippers? Some of them wear what looks like they've got their pants tucked into their socks. Others, they wear the the big black coats. Some wear fur hats that look like a big giant hat box on their head. (laughs) And, you know, some of them wear what looks like a really flashy dressing gown. You go, why? What is the purpose of this? But the interesting thing is that within each of those various denominations, there are actually different factions and breakaway groups within them. So within Mm. the Hasidic community themselves, I think there are several hundred groups Oh, wow. Within Hasidim itself. Mm -hmm. And that generally has to do with who their leader is or where they're from. So we're going to look at the Hasidic community. And when I was researching uh, the Hasidic Judaism, I actually discovered a really good site uh, that has wonderful information, gives a good overview on all the different points um, on Hasidic Judaism. And the website is called Chabad.org. So C-H-A-B-A-D.org. So Hasidic Judaism's primarily the overarching motivation of and their goal is love, joy, and humility. And we would go, hurrah, that's <laughs> just really nice. The movement was founded by Rabbi Israel Baal Shem Tov, and he taught love, joy, and humility both in service to God and in treatment of fellow human beings. And the movement began in the early 1700s in Ukraine, in Eastern hmm. Europe. Oh, yeah. And uh, Hasidic Jews, uh, you know, as a community, their goal, they're not an isolated community, although they basically stick together primarily with each other, but they're not afraid of reaching out and interacting with other people. Mm, okay. We've mentioned in previous programs about uh, Kabbalah and the Hasidic uh, Jews are kind of in that uh, vein, aren't they? Yeah. Sort of more mystical um, yeah, know, sure. in, in that sort of extension of Kabbalah. Yeah, primarily Kabbalah is, you know, the domain of the Hasidic Jewish community, but it's becoming more appealing outside of them, but it's primarily them. They're the mystics, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, I know that we mentioned before that each denomination in Judaism has factions and variations within it. Um, so this means not all Hasidic 
community or Hasidim are the same. Each group has its own flavour and focus. Some live very simplistic and even austere lives, uh, while others just live very normal lives. They engage in acts of kindness towards others, their general community. Uh, Some of the Hasidim consider it their duty to be responsible for every other Jew, Mm. which is a concept that I don't quite understand because I I don't know how I can be responsible for everybody else Mm. when I've I can barely take care of myself. But in their mind, um, helping all other Jews also helps them be a better Mm, Jew. So it's about looking after others and considering others first, which I have to say is a Christian uh, principle. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I guess there's almost like a bit of a social justice flavour to it in that regard, would you think? Yeah, it's it's all about it's not me, it's the community. Mm. Let's focus on the community and then I'm safe as well. Now, I know some sects will shun and modern advancement or technology, where do the Hasidic Jews fall into that category? That's not the case for the Hasidic community. They believe that the ancient Jewish sages taught that all that God created in his world, he only created for his honour. So therefore, the thought is if there is technology, let's use it for humanity's good and for the glory of God. That's very cool. Yeah. Now, in previous programs, we've talked about the Rebbe's, and I know that uh, Hasidim uh, get their guidance from Rebbe. So yeah. this is sort of, a, once again, the person that answers a question with a, a parable or a story, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, very much so. It's not just giving you some information to answer a question. It's about, I'll give you the inf- I'll give you the answer, but I'm also going to give you, give you some advice so mm. that you can have wisdom for life applications. The reason is the stories are easy to remember. You want to teach a, a life lesson, tell a story, and mm. the person will remember the story. The Hasidim, they love music, absolutely love music. Whenever there's a celebration or a Shabbat dinner or anything's a celebration, so let's sing a song, let's get up and dance and have a great time. They love music. Mm. The men will always dance together. The women will dance together. You won't get the, oh, okay. the, the genders mixing. Right. But – if somebody's happy for any reason at all, oh, I got a new book. Let's have a dance and a song. <laughs> Everything's a celebration. They're wow. a really happy bunch. That's cool. Yeah, they're really, really good. I mentioned this just briefly, but they're very generous in wanting to help other people, doing good for others. And it's because of this reason that the Hasidic community are disproportionately reflected in volunteer organizations like in Israel, like the Ambulance Corps and all those kind of things. Right. Any kind of community group that is going to service and care for the community, mm. you will find a disproportionate number of Hasidic Jews volunteering and helping. Mm. So it's about the world. Let's take care of the rest of the world. That's great. Yeah, they're really great. What about their dress code? How do Hasidic Jews dress? Okay, so when you look at the way they dress, you can kind of tell which community they or which kind of sect or group they belong to. They might be wearing a wide velvet hat to denote the Hungarian Hasidic community, or a taller velvet hat worn backwards. Why, I don't know. <laughs> but worn back denotes the Vishnitsa Hasid. Okay. And a rounded uh, felt hat is distinctive for the Gur Hasidic community. What they do is that these different clothing styles connect them to either different countries or cities of their origin mm. or possibly to a Rebbe. Right. In that community, okay. he might have dressed a certain way, so they'll kind of reflect it mm. the way. So they're like aligning with them. So it's a mark of honour to them. But we look at it and we scratch our yeah. head and we go, "Huh?" So if the Rebbe wore his hat backwards, everybody wears his hat. That's backwards. exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Now, of course, Jews around the world, uh, unfortunately, have been renowned as being heavily persecuted. Yeah. Uh, the Hasidic group, because they're so loving and caring and everything, have they sort of escaped that or have they been persecuted as well? No, they've been persecuted as well. because, you know, if you dress funny, you become a target. Mm. If you're Jewish, you become a target. So if you're Jewish and you dress funny, yeah. you're a double target. So they have. So within that regard, in um, in their communities, they will be outreached, but they'll still sort of congregate together because yep. there's safety in numbers. Mm. And they can be a little suspicious if somebody wants to, an outsider wants to come in. But for the most part, the Hasidic community will be open and friendly towards everybody. But they will be guarded because they're used to being mm. persecuted. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. This is a big one. They don't, the Hasidic community don't identify with the ultra-Orthodox. We'll talk about the ultra-Orthodox in another program. The Hasidic community are concerned that people don't misunderstand that they're part of the ultra-Orthodox community mm. because the ultra-Orthodox community are not necessarily all that well-favoured in Israel, and we'll talk about why. They they want to keep their traditions and they have their lifestyle and everything, but they're are much more open. The ultra-Orthodox, not so much. And obviously, we see the different head coverings within Judaism, both for men and women, but I've heard that within the uh, Hasidic group, some women will actually shave their heads and wear a wig. What's with that? Well, I, I watched a bit of a documentary on this and some Hasidic uh, women answered the question. The overwhelming majority do not shave their heads. There might be a very small minority that do for basically convenience. Mm. But no, they don't shave their heads, but they will either wear a scarf to cover their hair or mm. they will wear a wig to cover their hair. And the primary reason is for modesty's sake and because as far as they're concerned, a woman's hair is very, very beautiful, mm. and that is for their husband and husband alone. So they'll put a wig on so that they've still got hair, okay. but it's not their hair. <laughs> you don't see their hair. Their hair's underneath, wow. and that's just for their husband. That's a bit and of then a like that about modest dress as well. Wow. You know, what I got belongs to my man, yeah. not to everybody else. So wow. I kind of go, I, I mm. kind of respect that. That's cool. Yeah. Now, of course, the scripture in the Torah does tell uh, Jews to – grow their beards, and so this is one thing that they do relish, don't they? they yeah, that's right. It's, I mean, beard. it's a simple thing. The Bible says don't cut your beards or your hair, so they don't. What about their language? What do they speak? Well, because of their um, European heritage, they basically speak Yiddish, because remember, Hebrew was not in existence mm. for a long time, so they speak Yiddish. So they keep that going. They also know Hebrew and whatever language they happen to have as their cultural heritage from whatever country they've come from. Mm, basically, nice. they have their traditions, their religious beliefs, they're very generous, they're very open-hearted. Just regular people. We're going to keep looking at more of these groups within Judaism on Foundations. In our next program, we'll study the ultra-Orthodox. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.